You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. And welcome back to a new episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie speaking. And this is Miguel. And we're just so happy and excited to be bringing you a brand new, fresh episode for you guys to listen to. Yes, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of our podcast. We are so excited to, uh, you know, have another conversation and enjoy another episode of this podcast. Uh, We just want to remind you from the beginning to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening to your podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can be notified when we drop a new episode. Eddie, how are you feeling today? Feeling great and looking forward to spring, which I feel like is like right there, almost there. Um, You know, just a couple of weeks away, we'll start transitioning out of that winter season, that gloominess. You know, even though a lot of people, when they think about winter, the first thing that comes to mind is the whole, oh, it's snowing and it looks pretty and all that other stuff. But in reality, all the gloom and the shoveling, and we've had a lot of shovel, uh, a lot of snow this year uh, in Long Island that I am just ready for them flowers to start blooming and for the weather to get a lot better. How's everything with you? Yeah, everything is great. Uh, I can't agree more. You know, uh, I'm kind of over the snow. Uh, lots of snow, ice everywhere, the shoveling, all of that. Uh, school, you know, we do enjoy the snow days, um, <laughs> but some snow days turn into uh, online virtual learning. Yeah, that was so, about to say. that'll uh, change. Know. Once we started doing the virtual distance learning stuff, that yeah. whole thing about snow days, it's not the same. Yeah. And there are articles and people that are discussing right now the idea that kids still need snow days. Yes. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that are pushing for that, that if it's snowing and it's a snow day, that means no online school um, either. So let's see. Uh, but like you said, I'm looking forward to the warm weather. I'm looking forward to spring and hopefully we can have a better spring and summer this year in this new year, 2021. Yes. And that everything else also get better so that we can actually enjoy those great spring and summer weather. So now what you guys are all here for today is for our special guest that is joining us. And we know for a fact, you're going to be blessed by our conversation with her. So we want you guys to please welcome to the God Life Culture podcast, Leila Oliveira. Leila, please say hi to our listeners. Hello, everyone. I'm super excited um, for what is in store for tonight. Um, I just know that God's going to do something so spectacular tonight. Um, And I just I'm, I'm really ready for everything we have prepared for you guys. Awesome. So listen, Layla. you are our type of guest. That was amazing <laughs> right from the beginning. I know. She's like, I'm ready. Are you guys ready? For not, real. You better get yourself ready. <laughs> so Layla, for the people that may not be familiar with you, um, yeah. just share a little bit about yourself. Who is Layla? Yes. So I'm actually a singer and songwriter, but most importantly, a worshiper. Um, I write music um, on my downtime. Um, not just um, not just that, but I also um, I graduated with my bachelor's degree in linguistics nice. um, and I'm going for my master's degree um, in um, speech, actually speech therapy. So um, awesome. Yes. So I'm super excited about that season that God has me in. Um, but um, yes, so I, I worship um, at my home church, but I also have um, have been fortunate. Thank the Lord to be able to go out to different churches and be able to minister to other people's lives, um, you know, just everywhere. (laughs) So, yes. Awesome. I mean, you talk about going out to different churches and ministering and doing all of that, singing, songwriting. Was this something that has always been a part of your life? Like if we were to go back to, you know, you when you were three, four, five years old, what were you like growing up? Were you always singing in church or did that come later in your life? What was your childhood like? Yeah, so actually, um, I have always loved to sing. Um, it was always a passion of mine. I would run around the house singing, you know, um, all of that. Um, but one of the most important things was my parents really had me grounded in the church. Um, you know, in church, I would I would help out with the with the worship, you know, with the children's ministry um, when I was younger. But um, when I was seven years old was when I really was able to 
worship and walk in that, in that calling. Um, I remember singing Jueve by Tercer Cielo. I was seven years old, um, yes. holding, yes, holding a microphone in front of, you know, a congregation. And I had never, I never knew what that was like until that day. Um, and that was the day that the Holy Spirit just took over and the atmosphere completely shifted in the church. And I knew at that moment, it was not about me, but it was about God and God was doing something. And from that day forward, it was, it was something so extraordinary where God just shifted my life and my, my perspective about worship and even about music. And it just became mm -hmm. so centered on something where it was more, um, an encounter, but also a in, more intimate relationship with him. Um, so yeah. No, and I think that's it's great. And you're one of those people that had that experience at a really early age. You know, seven is really your early age that, you know, there are yeah. a lot of people that don't have an experience like that into their teens or their 20s and even uh, beyond. But I mm -hmm. do find it curious to know, you know, I'm also someone who had an experience with the God at a really early age also. And that really allowed me to go through those teen years and all those, you know, crazy <laughs> years that you get yes. um, and be able to survive it. You know, was that the same for you? Were you able to continue to have a, you know, your own process and journey and just making sure that you stood holding on to God? Mm, yes, that was that was a big thing. So, I mean, I grew up going to a um, a private Christian school until I was in sixth grade. And then that's when I transferred into a middle, uh, the middle school that was in my, in my um, county. Um, and it was honestly such a different, um, a different perspective on life, because I was so used to being confined in this bubble. And then finally, I was in a space where God wanted to use me in a different way where I was actually exposed to things that I had never been exposed to before. Yeah. So even in that season, like worship had became such a huge factor in my life because that was the only thing that I could cling to um, because I was so used to having that, that church environment, you know, just not within just my church, but even within school. So going into a, a, you know, a regular public school, I had to cling to that identity and honestly, worship became my identity. And nice. um, so a lot of the times when I would go through things in school, it was like, I would come back home I would sit in my room and with the couple of keys I knew how to play, <laughs> I would just worship in my room and just have that intimate time with God. And um, that's where God would minister to me. But um, yeah, and, and I would see it even within school where people would ask me for advice. People would come to me and just want to open up because I was walking with um, even throughout my my whole life. I was still walking in that calling and worship became a huge aspect of just my natural, like normal life. Yeah. And I think, you know, it is, you know, especially when it comes to worshipers and worship worshipers that I have conversations with, you yes. know, when they are really passionate about that calling, it does mm -hmm. become part of their identity and it becomes yes. part of their way of life and everything that they do, you know, and anywhere that they go, they, they find inspiration and in things and in um, uh, anything like the weather and they find inspiration <laughs> on that or all of a sudden they're like writing a song on something uh, or whatever. And you, you know, you speak on how that became part of your identity. When I read your name, I, I pronounce it Leila Olivera, like very Spanish, very Latino. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming you are Latina. Yes. So how, so how in tune are you to that Latin culture and how did it influence, you know, you and your identity and who you've become even, you know, through your worship? Mm -hmm. Um, so basically I'm Puerto Rican. So, yes. um, yes, um, Boricua, you know, and so that has been something that has actually, um, It's been it's been great to have be able to come to a household first and be able to say, like, I have two languages that are being presented to me, mm -hmm. um, you know, being able to not just communicate with one with one type of group, but also being able to be bilingual is such a blessing because you have a language that you're able to express yourself in so many ways and to so many different people. So I feel like when it came to worship, a lot of the times what really, like, I would get nervous to speak in Spanish and to sing in Spanish just because English was my, like, my main language. Yeah. Um, it was my dominant language, so I was a little bit nervous, but I realized as time went on how important Spanish was when it came to worship, um, just because I know that in the Latin culture, worship is such a huge, um, a huge thing for people, um, especially in Latin America, and um, being able to 
you know, bring in not just the English, but also the Spanish worship and collide them both and be able to say, okay, we can have a mixture of elevation with some English Rosario, you know, and some Christine Gladio, (laughs) you know, and so like, and some Tasha Cobbs, like being able to be so diverse has given me the opportunity to be, um, to just be able to relate to more people and have a, a, a broader um, spectrum of people listening as well to the music. So it's really been um, a blessing. I love that. And I think it's so important for worshipers and for, you know, people out there to, uh, you know, to hone in on this, the idea of diversity, right. And the idea of there, you know, we all have our favorite artists and we have our favorite worshipers and people that, you know, we love to listen to, but there are so many other, you know, amazing worshipers and Christian artists and gospel artists out there. And, you know, I love the creativity of what you said of incorporating elevation worship with Ingrid Rosario and then Tasha Cobbs and all of that, because again, I think those moments when I've been in a worship service, when uh, the worship team has done that, or when the worship team has uh, incorporated some type of medley, it has always been a very powerful moment, you know, and you're a worshiper that I've seen on, you know, social media where you are on a stage or platform at a church or at an event on your own singing. And then I've also seen you, um, you know, worshiping as part of a worship team. Um, You know, what are the significant differences for you between leading worship on your own and then leading worship being a part of a worship team? Yeah. So um, what I could say the differences with that is, so when I, usually when leading just um, alone, it's been more of a moment where I'm just bringing whatever I have from my own personal life and really just sharing it on an altar. Um, I really try to um, just just be able to give people the experience that I have when I'm in my room, just worshiping God by myself. Um, but one thing that I find so beautiful is being able to worship in a group because I feel like there's so many different perspectives, so many different um, cultures of worship that these people have built within you know their lives. And so um, there's a lot of times where you're in a group and there's some people that are so invested in the area of, of that praise. Um, then there's other people that are so invested in like that worship aspect, that intimate, you know, worship aspect. And I think it all comes together and it's so beautiful because we're all able to just build on one another and be able to see uh, what areas it is that other people are stronger at and just learn from each other. So I feel like there's so much, there's so many, there's so much beauty in both areas, like worshiping alone and worshiping with a group. Um, so I just think it all, it's all a matter of um, just um, being able to just put your heart out there and just show people um, that genuine worship. And um, that's what I, I just love about those two, um, those two things. Amen. I mean, I know you spoke about, you know, the the power of coming together of unity and building each other up and loving each other. And that's, you know, it's beautiful because that is a part of worship and being a you know, a part of a team, but we all know being a part of (laughs) ministries and teams that involve more than one person, more than yourself, right? Someone (laughs) besides yourself, there's, you know, always room for conflict. There's always um, opportunity for, uh, you know, we're human and Mm -hmm. we have emotions, we have feelings and, uh, you know, we may have a worship team and someone gets to pick the song, someone else, you know, they want to pick the songs, but it's not their turn. They want to do this riff, but they're (laughs) part of a team. How do you, can you speak a little bit on addressing these issues within a team? You know, what's yeah. the right way to kind of communicate and and work through these issues? So one of the biggest things that everybody is is always saying, and it's it's one hundred percent true, is prayer. Prayer is the best way to go when you're first. Like the first thing that you should do is just pray. Um, just because it's super important to be able to know what it is that you know, God wants you to do and what are the steps that God wants you to take. Um, another thing that I would say is, um, is super important is knowing everybody's character, knowing how to deal with different characters. Um, just, and discernment comes into place with that because you need to understand, um, maybe, maybe that person's background. Um, sometimes it's not just who you are on the worship team, but sometimes it is understanding, where did this person come from? How did they grow up? Maybe they were never heard when they were um, when they were being um, raised, you know. And these all take they, these are like psychological things, 
but it does Mm -hmm. help on a team because I feel like it's super important to know their background because you would know how to handle their character and know how to, how to speak to them. So I feel like that's another important aspect, but also being able to give people space to also flow in what they're called to do. So I know that like, there's so many people that we have like on the team where it's like, you know, so many people have a lot of gifts and they're very gifted in those areas. And it may be the same type of areas that another person's gifted in, but being able to distribute things um, and be able to say like, this is your job, this is your job, you know, and taking ownership of that one thing and being great at that one thing, even though you know you're good at the other things, it just helps a group be able to stay unified, but it also helps a group understand that there are levels and you can definitely flow in each of those different levels without, you know, feeling like you're stepping on anybody's toes as well. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> no, one of the, I, I think it's very important and it's a very big thing to highlight when you speak about uh, one of the things that you said was understanding other people's characters, you know, yes. because it does take a certain level of maturity and mm-hmm. of having that, you know, you said prayer is the big thing in the beginning, yeah. you know, that discernment to yes. be able to know what it is to not only be an effective communicator, but a lot of yeah. times, you know, an effective leader as well, mm. you know, because you have to understand there's different personalities. I can speak to, <laughs> you know, someone like Miguel, who I have a closer relationship with you know i could be a little bit more you know like dude like you know that was wrong or whatever but with somebody else you know they may be a little bit more sensitive so i can't go up to them and be like "Eh, you know you messed up right Mm, (laughs) i have to be like oh you know you know maybe you could improve you know (laughs) and and find a way to communicate that the message that needs to be communicated for the betterment of everybody but to do it to deliver it in a way that's more palpable for them and a lot of times people confuse that with babying like i'm not gonna baby Mm. nobody i'm no 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 (laughs) it's not about you don't want to baby anyone it's about you want to effectively communicate because at the end of the day you want the person to receive the message and do better you don't want them to receive the message get upset and walk out (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah and it's awesome because in all of this you know in in leading worship and being a worshiper and being a part of a ministry a team a group it takes work and Mm -hmm. you know in the realm that we operate in right in within the church and within ministry um there is not only physical work that needs to be done and, and a mental work and kind of collaboration, right? But yeah. there's also a spiritual work that needs to be done, whether you are an individual who's a worshiper or a part of a worship team, a part of, mm-hmm. you know, a 40-person choir. There is still an individual spiritual work that needs to be done. And, you know, you are very active on social media and I love how transparent and raw you are with these moments because just the other night I saw um, that you posted, uh, it was a picture of your your keys on your piano, a notebook, a pen, (laughs) and you were talking about your time with the Lord. So what does that time with God look like for you? So honestly, those moments, I find them very, very, I cherish those moments a lot um, because I find, so these moments when I have in my room, whether it's in my room or either in my basement in the studio, um, I just sit there and I just honestly, like I said, like even, even on the caption, like I really do, like I'll sit there and cry. Sometimes it's not even a matter of even singing at times. Sometimes I'll just put on some headphones and just play um, specific um, piano chords and I'll just start crying you know in God's presence and I can just feel the Holy Spirit just come and enter the room um, and these moments have been super intentional like I've been intentional with these moments because I just know that when you have intimacy with God you have these intimate moments with God when you go on an altar it's so evident that you've been in the presence of God. It's just like Moses when he goes up to that mountain and he's with that burning bush and he spends that intimate moment with God in that moment where it's so holy, like he takes off his sandals, like he's in God's presence. And when he comes back down, you see the glory shining on his face. Um, it's always been that type of moment. Whenever I'm in God's presence, I and it's not just for that, but I want to do it for myself. Like that's where I find my freedom. That's where God works with me. Um, and he he begins to nitpick on certain things and say, Layla, like you have to fix this or that. So even sometimes it's moments where it's like not everything's perfect. I'm sitting in my room and just worshiping and crying out. But it's because God is dealing with something within. And it's something that God has to deal with in private before he brings me out in public. 
And it's something so beautiful. And those are moments that I cherish. Um, so yeah, that's what I can say about those, um, those moments with God. And they are moments that everyone should strive to, to have, you know, yes. because being in corporal services and going to church and all that stuff are powerful and amazing moments, mm -hmm. but there is an importance in having intimacy with God, being yes. able to feel his presence by yourself, whether it is sitting at a keyboard like you do, or like me being in the car by myself, driving to work or whatever, you know, there, yeah. it is important to have those moments of, you know, tu tu, you by yourself with mm -hmm. God and being able to dive into his presence because, you know, there are things that God needs to work with you on a one-on-one -on -one level. Yes. Um, and it is important to develop that habit of intimacy and seeking God and being one-on-one. -on -one. You know, and, and Jude and Miguel kind of um, uh, didn't allude to this, but that's the word I'm going to use, that we operate on two, you know, realms in a way. And, you know, we have the whole spiritual side, but we also have a physical human side yes. where unfortunately there are days where we do not want to do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, there's days we don't want to worship. There's days that you may be invited to go somewhere You're like, oh, I don't really <laughs> feel like going over there today. Um, or, you know, there's a day there's something that you have to do and you just you're not feeling it. You don't feel mm -hmm. like doing it. What do you do in those moments when you're just you don't you don't feel like doing anything? <laughs> uh, so in those moments, um, I really I'm, I'm honest with God. That's one thing I could say um, when I have those type of, of feelings. I'm very honest and open and transparent with God. And I actually take those moments into prayer. Um, one of the things that I notice is every time that I don't want to go into those spaces, those are the exact spaces that God uses the most. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because I'm just like, wow, God, really? Like he had to, <laughs> he had to do it because he's like, no, I need you to, to, to focus. I need you to just go into those spaces that without complaining. And, um, one of the things that I, I just do is I'll pray about it um, and I just go in, I go into it. I've always talked about how God opens doors sometimes and sometimes you don't even want to walk through the doors because you're nervous or you're afraid. Um, we're, we're fearful of what door we're walking into. Maybe sometimes we don't even feel good enough to walk into those doors. And, um, and I've had those moments where I'm just like, I don't want to do this. Um, and it's because of fear. And it's in those exact moments where God's like, yeah, but it's not about you. It's about me. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. So I, you know, I'm walking into these doors, you know, still like wondering why I'm here. And it's like, God's just like, I'm pushing you though. Like, let me walk before you. Let me walk beside you and just keep walking. And so um, that's, that's really what I do in those type of moments. I just pray and I'm just like, okay, God, I'm going to do it because that's, that's what you want. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the door you've opened. So, yeah. 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 And, and, and the reality is sometimes it's kind of like you got to fake the funk. You got to yes. be like, you know what? I don't want to do it, but I'm going to take this leap of faith, God. And <laughs> by the time my foot touches the ground, you're going to switch something up because I'm not yes. really in the mood uh, <laughs> to do it. And before, you know, I was saying that as worshipers and even as creators, mm -hmm. we, you know, find inspiration from things. You know, I said that sometimes even the weather will inspire you, you know, for a lyric or a painting or whatever, you know, but yeah. there are also individuals who inspire us, you know, whether it is their work ethic or their creativity abilities and what they do with their talent mm. and you know I, I'm curious to know who are those people if any who inspire you yep so um a couple of people that I, well Ingrid has always been an inspiration to me um vocally but not just vocally also her heart is just so yes. beautiful I love the fact that she's so humble she has mm -hmm. never changed and she will it, it's just like she's so constant with the way that she is um and it's just been a blessing to see that not only does she love the Lord and she worships and she, you know, ministers so beautifully, but she also has an, like a, a background of education. So it actually pushes me in that area too, where I'm like, wow, I can do both things at the same time. Um, another person, well, another group I could say um, in general is Maverick City Music. I absolutely love them. They're, yes. they're very awesome, very anointed. But one of the things that I love about them is, um, even being able to just be in a room with them was a blessing because I was able to see that it's not just about what song we're singing or not, not just about like, as you see in the videos, it's so beautiful. It's so hype. Like the energy mm -hmm. is so awesome. Like it's so dope being in the room. But one thing I can say is like right before they even start worshiping um, and doing that set, um, they, 
take out time just to worship. And it's just free worship. And they'll minister during those moments. That's the moments where Chandler will just come in and just come in with, you know, some knowledge from the word. And I just find those moments beautiful because not people, not a lot of people see that side. A lot of people are able to see like, what's the recording like, you know? And um, it's just beautiful to see that they still have those intimate moments. Um, And that's something that I love, um, me personally. So it's awesome to see that. And it's awesome. Um, I look up to the fact that they're able to bring in a diverse group. If you see like their videos, like they have so many different people from so many different backgrounds, especially in their choir. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just inspirational in itself. I'm just like, wow, like we could all really come together as a body of Christ and really just sing together and, you know, have this beautiful worship moment and, you know, leave changed. Like you're not leaving the same the way that you came in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of gems in everything that you just said, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and the Sunday, I think it was Sunday during breakfast, my wife and I with the kids were having breakfast and, Mm -hmm. you know, we had our music videos going up in the TV and we were seeing, uh, we're watching one of the Mavic city uh, music videos (laughs) and, you know, and in a moment she was like, you feel the presence of God, right? I was like, yeah, man, they're going in. What do you mean if I'm feeling (laughs) the presence of God? And then she's like, you know, she made an observation, which Mm -hmm. was, you know, Many moons ago, that would have been visually, that would have not been something that we would have seen a lot of, you know, whether it is the, um, the way everybody was dressed even so many different, uh, diverse cultures and people that just look different being Mm -hmm. together. So, you know, when you speak before you said that, you know, when Moses would go up to the mountain, it would come down with the golo of the glory, you Mm -hmm. know, even though we, as people, cause I'm not part of the Maverick city team. They, if they want to invite me to a recording, (laughs) I am available. (laughs) I will go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but even though we don't see the stuff that you said that they pray, they worship before and they have their own, you know, moment, mm-hmm. you know, it is evident because, yeah. you know, through their videos, they do minister um, yeah. to masses of people. And, you know, it is evident that what they're doing, at, you know, in those moments is not for the fame and glory yes. is not because they want to look cute. Mm-hmm. It's because it's really a genuine and true worship that they're giving yes. to God. That's yeah, so I mean, Israel Israel Houghton is uh, releasing um, a new album and it's called Feels Like Home. And it was a concert that he mm-hmm. did, you know, during the quarantine and everything in his home with a bunch of worshipers, you know, present there and they were singing. And, you know, I was hearing him talk about the experience and he was saying that, you know, he's recorded in stadiums, he's recorded around the world, he's recorded albums in Asia. And he says that this project is, you know, one of the most special projects to him simply because he was with, you know, his family, he was with his Mm -hmm. friends, his friends who are worshipers and, you know, different people. And he said, this is just what we do. You know, this is what we do before we go on stage you know, in Asia. This is what we do before we go and do a stadium tour. This is what, you know, the intimacy looks like before we hit that big platform and that big stage. So sometimes I feel like within these moments, these are glimpses that we get of these worship teams and, you know, whether it's Maverick City or Elevation and, you know, even within our churches and our church groups, right? We sometimes just get a glimpse of what it's like and having that community and just what that worship and intimacy and connection is like within, you know, that group of people. Yeah. And I can think of, you know, one of the, when I think about like very powerful moments in my journey with God in worship, you know, one of the memories that always comes to the forefront is when as a youth, we used to have these lock-ins and it was just be straight up the youth. It wasn't (laughs) nobody else. It was just the youth. And we would do these lock-ins and we would have these crazy moments Mm. where the spirit of God will be so tangible, like literally heavy, like you feel it. And it was just us. It wasn't, you know, 400 people. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, we invited 33 churches and we got, you know, somebody (laughs) from out of state that came and we, no, no, it was just us. And it was just, you know, there's something important about just coming together you and your group of people, you and your core. Not that there's nothing against events. I love events. I love yeah. concerts. I like doing all that great, you know, great stuff. <laughs> but there is something about coming together as a unit, whether it be your friend group, whether it be your youth ministry, whatever it is, and having those intimate moments with God. Because for some reason, I find them to be just that much more sweeter than yeah. if it was like a big, you know, event type of a thing. That's so true. 
Yeah. And like Eddie was saying, you know, the importance of coming together with your people, right? There was no one from the outside, you know, yeah. invited guests or anything. It was just kind of, you know, your people. Um, I oftentimes feel like, and this is not the case with everyone, but there are those individuals who, um, you know, you see them and they have ambition and they have drive and they mm -hmm. have, you know, this hunger and desire within them to be either a worship leader, or be a part of a team or a band or have their own, uh, their own group and just go out and tour or go here and go there. You know, they're looking for the next gig, the next opportunity, mm -hmm. the next church to kind of like go and you know, minister at using their gift, whether it's singing or, you know, they're a musician. And I feel like oftentimes we forget about the local church. Wow. You know, we Good. oftentimes get so caught up in just the next thing, the next place, the next invitation. I want to go here. I want to strive to do that. Using our gifts and abilities that God has given us. And we forget mm -hmm. that God can use those very gifts and abilities where we are. And I feel like we don't, you know, oftentimes consider our local church, whether that is because, mm -hmm. you know, there's no connection there or it's just like I, I'm not really, you know, uh, a, a part of it in that way. I just go and that's it. You know, how important is it for you to serve at your local church? Mm -hmm. I I know that this is a this is a great question, by the way. Um This is super important um, to me, especially um, I had a season. I'm going to be honest. I had a season where I was, I was going to a lot of different churches, um, worshiping at a lot of diff different events, but I always felt like there was something missing. I would go have a great time, go back to my home church. And I still felt like there was this emptiness and it was because I was not drawing from the well. And what I mean by that is when you, when we go out to other churches, when we're, we're ministering at other churches, the biggest thing is first to have your pastor's blessing. Um, it's a very big thing, um, especially, you know, knowing that you're you're being um, being cheered, uh, cheered on, you know, being prayed over by the people that are covering you um, and knowing that you have a covering in your local church is so important. Um, and one of the things that I had realized was when I go back home, that's my well that I draw from. So if I'm not investing in that well, if I'm not dwelling in that well completely and being aligned with that with um, the mission of that church, then it's like, I'm going out ministering, but I'm not completely filled because I'm supposed yeah. to mm. go back to my church, get filled and be able to distribute whatever I got filled with in my church, in my, in my home. I'm supposed to be able to give that to other churches so that I bring a piece of what I have to them. And I felt like that piece of me was missing because I was going to so many different events, but I hadn't realized how important it was to cherish those moments in my home church. And yeah. sometimes we look at our church and we say, wow, like this is, this is our small church. You know, my, my church isn't so huge, all this, th all these things. And I'm just being transparent um, because we all have gone through it. You know, sometimes you go to all these different churches and they're like, we love you. We want you to stay here. All these things, you know, we've, we've all gotten those, um, those, mm -hmm. those yep. pastors that, and then you're like, oh, wow, everything's perfect in this church. They want me here. You know, they're mm -hmm. so, you know, and then you go back to your home church and then you have these issues that you have to face daily because you're always there. So there's always yeah. this conflict in your church, but you're not realizing that it's just the enemy trying to distract you, trying to say like, wow, they're not on your side. Oh, they don't support your ministry. Oh, they don't do this. And it's like, I had to get rid of all those voices and say, Layla, stop for a moment and realize that this is your well that you should be drawing from before you even go out or decide to take an invitation somewhere. And yeah. I had to realign myself. I'm being honest. I had to realign what, what was my goal. My goal was to reach souls, but I needed to do it under an order. I needed to have order in my life before I could go out there. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, that was something that a few years back I was even convicted on. Mm -hmm. You know, we were always planning mission trips over the summer and we were investing so much time in, in going to a different country and hours and hours and days probably of just, you know, rehearsing and 
organizing events, you know, specifically with the children. And, mm -hmm. you know, we would go in with planning and doing all of these creative things. And, you know, I remember one year while we were doing all of this thinking and remembering, like, you know, we put so much effort, I put mm -hmm. so much work into doing this, yet I haven't done anything remotely close to this in my local church. Wow. You know, and it's almost like it's a blessing to be able to go out and use your creativity and your talents to bless other people. And God will still use you. God yes. will still be glorified because at the mm -hmm. end of the day, God's purpose and his will will be done and yes. accomplished. But, you know, are you what, like you said, when you go back to your local church, you know, is God proud of you in that moment? You know, can God trust you to use that gift and that ability where you are? And I had to learn that, you know, and, you know, ever since that moment, my focus shifted where it was very much, you know, trying to go out and serve outside. And how can I bring this here and how can we go to this place? And, you know, and although all of those things are great and amazing and they have its time and and they have their place, you know, we can't forget um our local church and yep. we can't forget that we can also serve and be impactful where God has planted us. Yes. Amen. So you know, one, one of the things, you know, it's 2021, you know, we're young and everybody has a social media yep. <laughs> <laughs> on top of that, you know, as artists, you know, whether it is uh, whatever it is that you, you investing your time and the projects you're putting together, mm -hmm. there is a reality that you do have to be social media savvy um, to like really reach the masses this day and age. Um, but we also know that social media can be good and it can also be bad as well. But, you know, my question to you is, have you been able to grasp and, you know, gain a good, healthy balance when it comes with your relationship with social media? Uh, yes. So before, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could definitely say, um, you know, I was super into like, yep, the scroll and like button. Scroll like, you know, um, just on a normal basis, like, okay, like I have to like this person's things. Oh, I got to like... And, you know, like we get so wrapped up around like it's so funny because I, I was talking to my parents about this. I was like, man, it's like you don't like someone's picture and then they're not friends with you anymore. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on with this? I was like, what's going on with society? Um, and I'm just like, man, I was just busy. I couldn't like your picture. And it's so funny because you get messages like, man, why didn't you like this? Wait, I thought and I'm like, man, I just was busy, you know, and it's because I have like I've grasped the idea that you know, um, it's not all about social media. Yes, you can go on it. It is great. It's a great tool to reach people, um, especially reaching, you know, different people that want to be able to um, be ministered to that are not in this area. Um, being able to connect with other worshipers, other ministers, um, and be able to say, hey, like, let's collaborate. Let's do this and that for, you know, um, for any type of events and things. But I had to step, uh, I had to step back and I honestly took a couple of weeks off of social media um, just because I I was getting so distracted by what was going on. So it actually became more of a distraction than a tool. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, man, this is not good. Um, and so sometimes I say to people, I'm like, look, like if it's not benefiting you, you need to step back from it. Um, because at that point, it was like it wasn't even benefiting the ministry. It was just benefiting me because I was just bored. Um, and yeah. so I was like, I need to put this effort into something that is going to actually not just benefit me, but benefit, mm -hmm. you know, people that I'm, I'm ministering to. Um, yeah. so I would just say like, um, now my, my relationship with social media has gotten better, but that's because I recognize that I do still have to sacrifice some of that time and say yeah. like, you know, God, like I can't do this, you know, I have to do something else. Um, rather than be on social media all day, liking pictures. So yeah. Yeah. And then falling into that whole black hole of everything else that, <laughs> that opens. Cause then some people, yes. you know, they, it, it messes with their self-esteem mm -hmm. It messes with how they feel. Cause they begin to compare themselves with what That's they good. see other people posted, yep. you know, it becomes a big old mess, you know, but I do, I do know that one of the good things about social media is promoting all your projects yes. and stuff like that. I know last year you released a uh, Cristo Redentor, I'm yours, you know, so speak to us a little bit about those projects and, you know, that music music you released and what was the inspiration behind that? Yes. So um, I was able to release I'm Yours last year in the beginning. Um, it was honestly, 
it was a song that I had I had written a while back. I was actually just crying at the piano, you know, <laughs> um, just crying. <laughs> the usual. Yeah, the usual. Um, and you know, I was just telling God, like, you know you know, I'm yours. Like even, even when my, and I, I had said that in the song, even when my vision may seem to become blur, like even if it becomes blurry, like I, I have to be reminded that I'm yours. Like you breathe life into my lungs. Like you created me from dust. Um, and so I had to remember that. And sometimes we lose sight on who we are. Um, just because there's so many, like, like we were saying distractions around us and, um, I had to remind myself, like, you are somebody, like, in God's eyes, like, and so I wrote that song, and I was just like, man, I, I really want to release this, because I feel like a lot of people feel this way, and then I was able to um, also release Cristo Redentor, um, that song was actually a song that I had done for just the Christmas time, but honestly, like, I had a great time recording it, um, we actually recorded three songs that day. So there's two other videos that should be coming out soon. Nice. Um, yes. So we actually worked on Champion in Spanish um, and Así Seras um, by Elevation Worship. So those are two songs that we're putting out um, as as videos. So we're excited about those. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, you know, that's one thing that we love, uh, you know, getting to talk to our guests about just the upcoming projects and, you know, yes. uh, the upcoming plans, right? Because I know everything that happened in this last year, it may have, you know, some of us may have felt like our plans got ruined or, mm. you know, we things that we wanted to accomplish and get done, we couldn't get done. Right. But, um, yes. you know, there are moments where God sometimes has to put pause on something, <laughs> has to stop something for a minute. And then there are moments where we have to push through. Right. And we have to push through to get things done, regardless of what's happening around us. And, you know, with everything that's going on in this world, the craziness of what has been 2020, people feeling the effects of it even now, um, you know, everything going on with this winter storm in Texas and, yes. you know, how Texas was kind of really hit hard in these last few weeks. Uh, there are many people out there um, and I want to say believers, right, mm -hmm. who are struggling with their faith. And yeah. then there are those out there who are struggling with the idea, like, is there even a God, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, we have the believers who know there's a God, but they're struggling to believe. And then we have those out there who are just struggling and dealing and wrestling with the question of, is there even a God out there? Mm -hmm. You know, what do you say to those, you know, two groups of people right now who may be struggling? Well, I just say, honestly, the biggest thing that, well, I well, so when I talk to people, especially I have friends in Texas and things like that, um, I just tell them like these things are uncontrollable. Like they're just things that happen in, in our world, unfortunately. But I feel like there's always a plan for everything. Um, God is always in control. Ultimately, like there's a lot of people that are even worried about who's in power right now. Like mm -hmm. who's over our yeah. country? You know, what is the status of our nation now? And I just say, like, whoever God places in authority, like, those are the rules that we should abide by. But does that mean that our worship stops? Stops? Does that mean that our church going stops? No, it's because that's the source that we go to when these trials happen, you know, in the word of God. Like, trials and tribulations are not minus from our life just because we became a Christian. You know, those are actually things that we have to face more now, but now we have somebody to look to when we go through those trials. Um, so I would just say to these people, like, just cling to having, you know, that faith that God's going to still move mountains, even when you don't see them being moved physically. Um, mm -hmm. They're still being moved in the supernatural realm. Like, and a lot of people, they don't understand that there is a spiritual battle that's going on. Like this mask thing that's happening, it's really to just shut the mouths of believers. Um, you know, I really think that it's a sim like a symbolic represent representation of just keeping us shut. And um, that was a big thing that we were talking about in our church, because we have people walking into even our services that are worried, that are scared, that are going through this this time where they're like, oh, my gosh, like what's going on? And mm -hmm. they don't want to worship anymore. They don't want to lift their hands because they feel like they're going to catch COVID if they lift their hands, you know. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know it's, it's actually, it's scary. It's, it's, it is. And it's normal to be scared of all of these things that are happening, but we have to realize that there's somebody else in the background 
that is causing all of this this um this chaos and it's not God. So um we just have to understand that God has a plan and he's always still gonna have his way. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that ultimately he ultimately he is the one that is in control. Yeah. You know, I really like that part you said, which is just basically I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that trials and tribulations get removed yeah. from the equation. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that that is a really hard pill to swallow for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, which makes why serving God is not the easiest thing to do. You know, it is difficult because, you know, you are serving an almighty God who allows us to go through trials, tribulations, and processes where what we would really want him to do is be like, hey, Lord, like, can you just like fix this? (laughs) Yes. You know, you just want him to like blink his eye or snap his (laughs) finger and and the situation be fixed. But the reality is, is that we have to go through those situations, you know, to be stronger, to be wiser, to, you know, be more um, uh, serviceable as well. You know, and it's not and, and we and it's 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 difficult to think that way, especially when you're in the midst of everything that's going on. But, you know, and even with the craziness that is happening in Texas, the craziness been going on with covid and all the other, you know, many, many things that we can tap into or whatever. You know, we have seen, you know, one of the things that I love about my church and that has completely exploded, especially during the pandemic, is our ministry of service and the way that our food pantry has exploded and the way that, you know, we've been giving so much to the community and just, you know, we could have been one of those people that, you know, got afraid of everything and, you know, be like, no, we don't want to interact with people. We don't want to, you know, catch anything or whatever. But in reality, we saw the need that was out there and we're like you know what for such a time God has placed us you know there's a reason why God allows us to have believers in the midst of everything that's going on because we are you know light in the middle of darkness and even though you know as being light in the darkness you have to realize you're surrounded by darkness (laughs) and sometimes that's scary you know but emanate the light of Christ that he that is through you yeah. And Layla, I mean, we've spoken about all things worship. We've spoken about, you know, being light in the midst of darkness and crazy times. Um, mm-hmm. But when you are not on, you know, a church stage or platform or when you're not recording a video or, you know, ministering in that sense, what do you do for fun? Where, you know, where can we find you, right? Like on a random day when you're not in church, when you're not, you know, uh, writing a song at the <laughs> piano, you know, what do you enjoy to do? Well, so I love hiking. Um, I'm a big hiker. Um, I love nature. I just think it's so beautiful. Um, and I also love the beach. So everything nature, I think that's literally what I do. Um, <laughs> so that's that's always me. Um, I used to do karate. Um, I used to be, well, I was actually a first degree black belt. Um, nice. Okay. Yeah. So that was something cool that I used to do before. And like, I feel like I was able to mention that before and people be like, Oh, that's so dope. And now I'm just like, man, I don't have that anymore. So I feel like I'm less cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yes, I used to, I used to do karate. So that was something that I would do on my free time too. So, yeah. (laughs) You know, before we get to our last question, I do want to give you the opportunity to let everybody know all your social media platforms, where can they find you on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, YouTube, whatever it is that you have, you know, please take this opportunity to share that with everyone. Yes. So YouTube, um, Facebook and um, like Amazon, also like all of those, like, like Spotify and things like that. I'm under Layla Oliveira. Um, When it comes to Instagram itself, it's Layla Oliveira underscore. Um, And then for, I think for TikTok, it's the same thing, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. Great. Because I know TikTok has become big. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, since our podcast is called the God Life Culture Podcast, we have our last question for you that yeah. you can answer, um, you know, in a few seconds if you want. But it's how has God used worship specifically to impact your own life and the culture around you? Um, so God has used worship for my own life as um, just a, a way to communicate with him. Um, I've been able to just have those moments where I could just tell God how I feel just through a song or just me even playing piano because I feel like just playing an instrument is prophetic in itself as well. And uh, when it comes to the culture around me, um, it's it's just been a blessing because I feel like whatever I do in private just resonates in public where other people are able to feel that same love 
and that same passion that I have for God, um, just in, you know, just the natural world, they're able to feel that as well. So yes, that's what I could say about that. Well, Layla, you know, we're very happy to have had you on today's episode. Before we sign off, is there anything that you feel like you need to get off your chest? Anything you (laughs) want to share with our listeners that you feel like you didn't get the opportunity to say or share, you know, please do so at this moment. Um, no, I just would, I would just would say, um, just to continue, um, with whatever dream it is that God's placed over your life and just, um, just like the word of God says, you know, prophesy over those dry bones, whatever that dry thing is, whatever you've let, um, just dry out, like whether it's a dream or something or a vision that God gave you or pro- like a prophetic word that you're trying to wait to see to pass, um, just, you know, breathe life over it, you know, speak life over it and prophesy over it and just allow God to use you. So, yeah. yeah, there's and I like that there still is time. I yes. think that that's, you know, you're still breathing. There is still time. Yes. Dust it off, unbury it, find it. I don't know what you got to do. Find the tracking device to get it back <laughs> so that you can breathe life into it and allow yes. it to grow and prosper. Yes. Yeah. So thank you so much, Layla, for of being course. a part of this podcast. We are so thankful. Thank you. And thank you so much. And thank you to all of our listeners who have tuned in, who I know each and every one of you have been blessed by this conversation. Be sure to go and stream Layla's music, follow her on all her social media, let her know, um, you know, how she's blessed your life and just listen to her songs, watch her videos. I know you will be blessed and definitely follow the God Life Culture podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, hit that subscribe button so you can get notified when we drop a new episode. And also don't forget to leave us that kind review. We so appreciate it. Yeah. So make sure that you subscribe to our page. You subscribe to Layla's YouTube channel, that you download her music. You follow her on all her social media platforms. You know, we definitely love to show love to other artists, especially our Christian community. You know, we definitely want to be able to lift each other up. So thank you once again for tuning in to our latest episode of the God Life Culture podcast. That's God God Life Life Culture. Culture. Until next time. See ya. Bye.